You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. What is the most intimidating crossing you've ever encountered? You know that place that takes you from where you're at to where you want to go? I remember in high school, we went to Barrancas de Cobre. It's a Copper Canyon in English, and it is four times larger than the Grand Canyon. It's in northern Chihuahua, Mexico. And we went there with a high school coach, a college professor, uh, about 10 other students, and it took two days to hike down the canyon and about three days to hike out of the canyon. And I'll never forget when we got to the bottom of the canyon that we had to cross over uh, from one part of the, the canyon to the other. This chasm was in between and this raging river was crossing through there. There was a cable bridge that was in place and the, the cable bridge had planks that you would walk across, but many of the planks were missing. And I'll never forget, we went one by one with our backpacks on. And as you walked across, that bridge would sway as you took every step. And you just, you just thought, man, how am I going to make it across? But every one of us made it across that bridge. And when we did, on the other side, it was all worth it. Because we found that there was a beach on the bank of the river. And there was a waterfall that came into this pool. And the waterfall had a, a kind of a hot stream that fed it. And the, the, the pool that we swam in for two days was warm. And, and we just connected. We built friendships. It was just wonderful. And what you find in life is that sometimes there are obstacles or there are chasms that you have to cross over to get to a place that is so much better. In fact, I don't think that anyone will cross over obstacles or, or try to go over these canyons without it being worth it when they get to the other side. This is what we find out in this next part of Joshua. We're going to find out that when we cross, we need to cross with confidence because they were going to come to the Jordan River and God was going to instruct them to cross over at the time of the harvest. It was late late uh, spring, uh, maybe uh, early summer, and the J Jordan River was running at its, its highest potential uh, from bank to bank. It was probably from 200 yards up to a mile. And, and the children of Israel were going to have to cross over and trust God that he was going to guide them in the right way with safety and security. Now, this, the Jordan River has a lot of significance. It was there that Naaman uh, was sent by Elijah to go and cleanse himself from, from leprosy. It was there that uh, David crossed over to escape Absalom, his son, because Absalom was trying to kill him. It was also there that Elijah and Elisha parted. And Elijah put the mantle on Elisha for him to do the work that God had for him to do. And none other than Jesus Christ was baptized there by John the Baptist. So there was a lot of significance to this place. And, and, and it teaches us that, that there's a lot of significant places that we have to trust God as we cross with confidence. You know, right now we're, we're recording and, and we're recording. It may look a little bit different because we're crossing a, a barrier that we've never crossed before. We have two cameras and, and we, we purchased, you know, this, this new 
uh, technology and, and our, our media person, our media team is incredible. Christy Chavez leads this media team and, and she's such a blessing to us. And, and so you may see some things that are different. That's because we're crossing barriers that we've never been before. But I've got three cross with confidence points that I think will help us, especially in whatever barrier that you're facing today. The first one is this. Keep God's presence in your sight. You see, we don't want to get so far from God that we lose sight of what he's doing in our lives. And the world and people will try to keep us from seeing the great things that God is doing in our lives. He has potential to do things that we could never do on our own. And we see this in, in uh, Joshua chapter 3. It says this, Early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites, they left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. In other words, for you to be guided in the, 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 and follow the way and the path of God, you have to keep your eyes on the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was where the presence of God was manifested. And 17 times the writer of, of Joshua in chapter 3 and 4, he mentions the Ark of the Covenant. He doesn't let us lose sight of the presence of God in the Israelites' life, but also in our lives. And there's two truths that I see there that are very important. The first truth is proximity. And proximity is, is how far we are from God or how close we are to God. Now, God always wants us to come close to him, but we see here that there was a proximity that God instructed them so that they could see the, the miracle-working power of, of, of what he was going to do through the Jordan River. This is exactly what it says in verse 4b. Stay about half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Two cubits is literal. It's like eight to nine football fields. And the reason that God did not want them to come closer was not because he didn't want them in close proximity, was because it's actually because he wanted them to be able to see what he was going to do before their eyes. He was going to split the Jordan just like he had split the Red Sea. He was going to open it up and allow dry land to appear so that they could cross over to the other side. You see, God wants us in close proximity. God wants us to continually be drawing closer to him. In fact, this is what James says in the New Testament. He says, come close to God and God will come close to you. And there's a second part of that verse in James, and I will share it in the next truth that we're going to see how do we keep God's presence in sight. You see, the next truth is attitude. You see, not only does God want us to be in proximity where we can see it, but he also wants for our attitude to be in the right place. He wants for us to take the right uh, steps so that we can do the things that are necessary for us to come into his presence. We should prepare ourselves to come into the presence of God. It's not just another day when we come into the presence of God. We are in the, in the company of the Almighty. And so this is what, what uh, uh, Joshua said in verse 5. Purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. 
You see, the Israelites were going to see God do great things in their life. But that came with expectation and readiness. He said, consecrate yourselves. Prepare yourselves in anticipation for the hand of God to move before your very eyes. And God teaches the Israelites that their attitude toward him, it mattered. Your attitude toward God matters. Do you prepare yourself to come into the presence of God? Do you, do you prepare yourself? Do you take the necessary steps so that when you come before God, it's not like coming before just any other person. We're talking about the, the, the Lord Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, the sustainer of everything that happens in life. That's who you're coming into the presence of. Our attitude has got to be different. And the world and, 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 and people will try to desensitize us from the granditude of God. God is so incredible. We should expect daily for God to do great things. You know, we're, we are in the Lent season right now. We're in a season where, where, where we, we prepare our hearts. We remember we remember the passion of the Lord, the, the passion that Jesus went to the cross, that he was a great uh, uh, deliverer of all of us from our sins. And that's exactly what, what Joshua was trying to teach him. Here, here's what James said in, in the very next part where he says, come close to God and God will come close to you. This is what he says in verse 8, part B. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and and the world. That's so important for us to grab a hold of. Is the, 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 the world wants to take our loyalty from God and give it to it. You know, people can, can try to take our loyalty from, from the faithfulness of God and be faithless toward God. God has so much more for us. He has, he has such a greater plan. And, and those obstacles that are in our way, the, the chasms, the place we have to cross, you have got to be in proximity to God, and you have to have the right attitude toward God. Because when we have the right attitude toward God, we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, and we see him at work. God wants to do great things in your life. God wants to do great things in all of our lives. He wants for us to cross those obstacles that are keeping us bound those things that are keeping us addicted, those things that are keeping us from, from walking in the joy and the love that the Father has to offer us. And, and there's another thing that, that, we, that we see there, another truth that we see in crossing with confidence, and that is we recognize God's leadership. Here's what I want you to grab a hold of. Leadership matters. The, the people that God places in our life, they matter. And what you find is that the enemy will always have you resist the leadership of God and the leaders of God. In verse 7, it says this, The Lord told Joshua, Today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. You don't realize how important good leadership is until you have bad leadership. And every good leader becomes, uh, it begins as good followers. So a, a leader learns to lead by following those that are good leaders. And it just begins to, to manifest the goodness of God. It, it allows for us to cross over some obstacles that you would never cross before. You see, the leaders that were placed in my life helped me to see that those things in front of me were not bigger than God. 
They helped me to, 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 to keep my faith and to not run away for me to, to, to move forward with confidence because God was going to show himself to be true. They needed to know that they, the Israelites needed to know that God was faithful to Moses and he would be faithful to Joshua. They, would be, they, they had to be willing to follow him and to, to be led and to see the hand of God move. See, God wants to take all of us places but he chooses leaders. He, put, he puts a mantle on leaders. It's not the leaders that you look, put your eyes on. It's God. But he chooses vessels to do the, the work and to lead people with vision and with direction and with guidance. I love that how, how the writer of Hebrews puts it. He says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. You see, good leaders matter to God, and good leaders are picked by God. It's not that, that you have anything good in you. It's that God, through his grace and through his, and through his infinite wisdom, he chooses people that will be leaders for his glory. And when you, when you submit to those leaders, and good leaders, it's not about them. It's about God. It's, it's, not about, it's not about what, you know, how they can make you submit. It's about them being humble leaders that are going to submit themselves to the work of God and also to those that they lead. It's a wonderful, wonderful attribute. And that's what God wants to do. Here's the third crossing with confidence point. Don't forget God's faithfulness. This is so important for us to realize Look at, the, look at what the writer says in verse 1 and 3 of chapter 4. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take twelve stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. God told Joshua, make sure that you take twelve stones from the very place that you crossed over and take them to a place where everyone can see. Pick a person from each tribe. That way everyone is participating. And what the whole thrust of it is, is that pick these stones up, put them where they're going to be uh, visual, where people are going to be able to observe them, and they're going to see the greatness of God. See, the greatest enemy to our faith in God is forgetfulness. Forgetting what God has done in the past. Forgetting how God has been reliable. Forgetting about the, the, the power of God and how he's shown that in our past. The, the, the greatest enemy of, of our faith is forgetfulness. You see, forgetting what God has done will lead you to lose sight of the presence of God in your life. That's exactly what the 12 stones, this memorial was to the Israelites. Do not forget what God has done for you. Take, the, take those rocks, take those stones from the middle of the Jordan where it was dried up, where you would never have been able to get them if God had not done the miracle. And there are things in our life, there are, there are things that we face, there's obstacles that we've gone through, that we have remembrance. We have things that, that, that make us reflect 
on the goodness of God. It might be a, a Bible. It might be a Bible that you got when you got saved. And, 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 you, and you, it's all used up and you keep it because it reminds you of how God rescued you from the mess that you were in. You see, when we remember the faithfulness of God, it, it helps us to cross the obstacles that we'll face in the present and in the future. You see, it's important for us to understand as well that, that once, you, once you go through a, a storm, and once it's, 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 you've, you've weathered this storm, there's a danger there. Once that you've uh, gone through a barrier and you've crossed it, once that canyon has been crossed, there's a danger that everything will go back to normal. And this is what Joshua said. He said, as soon as the priests carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant came up out of the riverbed and their feet were on high ground, the water of the Jordan returned and it overflowed its banks as before. And this is both awesome and dangerous. It's awesome because we just witnessed God's miracle. It's dangerous because we can default to business as usual. You see, our walk with God is never business as usual. It's a life that's filled with anticipation in the great and mighty hand of the Almighty in our lives. You know, when we understand that, that, that you don't want to forget, you want to remember all the things that God has done for you. You want to default to that place. You want to come back to that place and understand that if God was faithful with me in the past, he's going to be faithful to me in the present. And if God is faithful to me in the present, no matter what I face, he will be faithful to me in the chasms that we're going to face in the future. Those divides, that, those things that try to keep us separated from God. I love how Joshua ended this crossing of the Jordan by saying, in the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you, will, then you can tell them, this is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea. When he dried it up until all had crossed over, he did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful. And so you might fear the Lord your God forever. Don't ever forget. God is faithful. And I don't know what your Jordan is today. I don't know what canyon you have to cross, but I do know that God is faithful. You know, it, it is so difficult to, to navigate through, through, through the things that we have in life. It's, it, it's so difficult for us to, to cross over and, 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 and be able to have the strength of God, but we can have confidence because there's a bridge, and that bridge is faithful. You know, when, when I crossed over in high school over this cable bridge with the planks missing, it was a difficult thing. But then when I gave my life to Jesus and I crossed over from a life living independently of God to a life walking in, into the faithfulness of God, it was easy because Jesus Christ is a bridge. And Jesus is your bridge today. And as difficult as your, your, your time has been, as difficult as your life has been, as difficult as the obstacle might be in front of you, Jesus is waiting 
for you and will help you make it through. And so your faith today is important to him. And your faith is as easy as ABC. It's just saying yes to Jesus. The A just stands for it. You have to admit that, that you need God in your life, that you can't do it without him. The, the B is you have to believe that Jesus is a faithful one to help you through whatever you face in this world. And the C is confessing him, confessing Jesus as your Lord. So I want to lead you in a prayer that will help you to grab a hold of the fact of how faithful God is. God, I need you in my life. Lord, you see the obstacles that I'm facing. You see the barriers that are in front of me. And I can't do it on my own. Today, I admit, I admit that I am weak and I am incapable of navigating through all the difficulties of life without you. I admit that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And so today I put my trust in Jesus. I believe that Jesus came and he died on the cross at Calvary for all of my sins. And I also believe that he rose from the dead on the third day so that I could have life and life abundantly. And so I confess Jesus as my Lord and I choose to follow him from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we are so excited. We just want to encourage you that you've taken the greatest step that anyone could ever take. And we want to be a church at Living Word Chapel that comes alongside and we love, we empower, we transform you with and through the Living Word. We're believing that this week is going to be the best week that you've ever had because Jesus is going to guide you. He's going to direct you. That doesn't mean your obstacles go away. It doesn't mean that the difficulties go away. It means that you're anchored in the one that can get you through, the one that can split the Red Sea. He can split the Jordan River. He can do the things that we could never do alone. So be encouraged. God loves you. and He has a wonderful plan for your life. God bless you. Have a great week. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.